And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to you too as we claw our way up the hump. <laughs> yeah, yes. Barely. It's 7.10 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but we will get over that hump and it's only going to be downhill from there. No, what? I don't think that's well, how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Smooth sailing from there. You go over a hill that, uh, never mind. <laughs> we were trying something. Sometimes it works, yeah. other times it doesn't. So we're going to abandon that ship and move on. <laughs> yeah, it's early September and still hot, so I blame the weather. <laughs> yes, let's do that because it was hot and humid until the wee hours of the night yesterday. My body was very yeah. confused. Uh, mm. It's going to be more of the same today. All right. Yeah. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. Yoon in Indonesia. So President Yoon is now in Jakarta to attend the ASEAN-related summits. What's the latest and what's on his agenda? Right. Well, he began by meeting uh, Korean residents there. Around 180 people attended the event, including the Foreign Minister Pak Jin. Uh, some attendees raised concerns about uh, some halal certifications for Korean mm. cuisine and the visa duration for multicultural individuals. So it was a kind of a space and a gathering where these Korean residents uh, expressed kind of, you know, their concerns uh, and President Yoon addressed them. He said the government will provide the assistance they need to do business uh, in Indonesia and also put down roots in their new country. So basically uh, getting these Korean residents uh, to find their footing uh, in the country. He also shared how South Korea and Indonesia have a long history of cooperation uh, he also highlighted Indonesia's significance in this uh, so-called Korea ASEAN Solidarity Initiative, which is basically one of uh, the UN administration's Indo-Pacific uh, policies. And he also praised the Korean residents for their support uh, during the pandemic, uh, emphasizing their contributions to the local community there. And he also discussed the recent trilateral summit between uh, South Korea, the United States and Japan and stressed the importance of a common order in the Indo-Pacific region uh, and he expressed the need for coordination uh, between these countries. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, President Yoon is starting off in Indonesia, making his way to India, a busy itinerary indeed. So can you run us through the rest of President Yoon's agendas? Right. So on the second day of his visit, which is today, Yoon will take part in a South Korea ASEAN summit and an ASEAN Plus 3 summit, uh, both scheduled for today. The ASEAN Plus 3 uh, summit includes leaders from South Korea, uh, China and Japan, although the Chinese President Xi Jinping won't be uh, attending. It is anticipated that Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and Chinese Premier Li Keqiang will attend this meeting. Uh, he'll also attend the East Asia Summit, a regional security forum, which is set for tomorrow. Uh, on Friday, he'll, uh, he'll hold a bilateral summit with the Indonesian president, Joko Widodo. Uh, they'll take part in a signing ceremony of various bilateral agreements and also hold a joint press conference. Uh, this is part of an official bilateral visit as the two countries celebrate 50 years of diplomatic relations uh, this year. It's also a reciprocal visit by President Yoon. Um, uh, as uh, Joko Widodo also visited Korea not so long ago. Yeah. Now, main agenda items for this trip will, of course, be North Korea, uh, as well as economic and cultural cooperation.
Federation, as well as promoting Pusan's World Expo bid. Uh, you will also hold bilateral talks with various foreign leaders who are visiting Indonesia uh, before and after these summit meetings. So not just meetings with Joko Widodo uh, and Narendra Modi, but other world leaders as well, again, on the sidelines of these um, gatherings. Dozens of meetings. We'll try to cover right. some of them on Keyword News. All right, on to our second keyword of the day. Record inflation. So Korea's consumer prices bounced above 3% in the month of August, recording the largest increase in four months. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, uh, we call it a record inflation because it's the highest uh, in four months. So not that much of a, a long timeline to compare to. But uh, consumer prices did rise by 3.4% on year. Uh, it also broke the 3% range after two months of staying below that range. Now, this was driven by factors such as uh, heat waves, as well as heavy rainfall and rising fruit prices, especially during the summer. Uh, prices of livestock and fisheries uh, fell, but for those four agricultural products, soared 10.5% due to the heat wave uh, and heavy rainfall, of course, because of damaged crops. Uh, prices of petroleum products fell 11% on year, but rose just over 8% from a month earlier, reflecting a rise in global oil prices uh, since mid-July. Prices for electricity, gas and water utilities basically jumped over 21% uh, on year, remaining unchanged from the previous month. Core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, rose just over 3% on year, also staying unchanged from July. Now, Statistics Korea said the fact that the two indexes that reflect core inflation remain the same shows that the August inflation was a change caused by temporary factors and not the change in its direction. So it's basically being cited uh, or attributed to um, what's known as a base effect. Now, the finance ministry said the general slowing of inflation uh, is actually being maintained, adding that inflation is expected to stabilize after October once these temporary factors are eased. The Bank of Korea, meanwhile, said consumer prices are also projected to stay at a similar level as in August or grow slightly higher uh, this month, but it will fall to around 3% in the fourth quarter. However, there are concerns that the August rise may signal a return to a tightening monetary policy. The Bank of Korea has been staying pat on its key interest rates um, for a couple of months now. Mm. But of course, that may change with the rising inflation. While real GDP in the second quarter avoided negative growth as imports declined more than exports, real gross national income decreased, signaling uh, a kind of a red light for economic recovery uh, mm. in the second half of the year. So there's some data um, and the government suggesting that the economy may bounce back in the latter half of the year. But uh, there are others and other economic indexes uh, basically pointing to, to the contrary, basically. We're two months into the second half of the year. I, I don't think yeah. it's look, the projection <laughs> is looking so rosy anymore, but managing our expectations right. and really depending on which economists you ask, those numbers also allude to something different. So how about that? Listen to us regularly and you might get both ends of the spectrum. Somewhere in the middle lies exactly. a more accurate <laughs> projection. And, you know, I heard something really funny yesterday in a different podcast and they were kind of, uh, it was an underhanded uh, maybe insult at economists at large, not to undermine 
mine their work. But the fact that these numbers usually rely on us humans to be predictable. And if there's anything we learned, we humans are very unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a economy, right? I mean, yes. you can only forecast so much and you yeah. can only interpret numbers and indexes as mm. uh, they are already shown. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, consumer trends, uh, they are ever-changing uh, day by day. Uh, we have a Chuzak holiday coming up, so You're demand right. will be uh, boosted during that period as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we can only foresee as uh, far as so much. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see if uh, the second half does get any better or worse. But, of course, we won't know anything until that time actually comes. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Arms deal. The U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has issued a warning to North Korea saying it will pay a price if it opts to sell arms to Russia. What's the latest? Yeah, so there's been various indicators suggesting that uh, North Korea and Russia are involved in uh, sort of arms deals, which the U.S. and uh, the UN says are violations of UN Security Council resolutions. Uh, Sullivan said the United States believes the negotiations between uh, North Korea and Russia are actively advancing, basically echoing comments that were made by Washington before. Uh, Sullivan mentioned reports of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un considering a trip to Russia to discuss a potential arms deal. This is something we also touched upon yesterday. Mm. And he also noted Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shogu's visit to Pyongyang uh, in July and his proposal for joint military exercise with North Korea uh, and China. He also called on North Korea to not supply weapons to Russia uh, for use in the Ukraine conflict. He added that the US will continue to push to dissuade the North Koreans from providing Russia uh, with weapons. Uh, the US State Department emphasized that countries supporting Russia's action, actions uh, in Ukraine would face consequences without specifying um, actions. So not just targeting Russia and North Korea, but other countries countries that are involved. Uh, the Pentagon Press Secretary, Pat Ryder, stressed that such an arms deal would violate multiple UN Security Council resolutions and also prolong the suffering of Ukrainian civilians. Mm. Washington noted that it is closely monitoring the situation and considering appropriate measures with allies uh, and partners. Uh, the Kremlin, meanwhile, has refused to comment on the US claims, uh, stressing that it has nothing to say about reports of potential uh, direct talks between Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. So that trip by Kim Jong-un to uh, potentially Vladivostok for talks with Putin is not confirmed, uh, and both Moscow and Pyongyang are denying to make any confirmation either. Mm. And on to our fourth keyword of the day. No punishment. So schools have returned to normalcy as teachers who participated in a one-day strike to commemorate the 49th anniversary, uh, actually the 49th day of teachers' death have returned to their classrooms. Uh, so the massive nationwide rally has wrapped. Uh, the government has promised, the education minister came forward saying that they won't give out the discipline warning over the attendance of the strike. Uh, yet this is only the beginning of the conversation, right? Yeah, so this seems like uh, the UN administration is certainly keeping a watchful eye on basically social consensus and what the public are thinking. And certainly uh, the majority of the public are on the side of the teachers uh, at this point, especially with the uh, apparent suicides of what is now uh, four teachers uh, recently. Uh, now, the education ministry had initially responded with a firm stance, warning that rally participants will be punished and even warned of uh, potential dismissal uh, as well. However, 
the Education Minister Ijul said no disciplinary action will be taken. Now, under the current labour law, teachers actually don't have the right to collective action. The ministry had warned that taking a leave of absence by teachers en masse is uh, basically tantamount to an indirect walkout. Uh, he said, uh, though, quote, at a time when there's a social consensus building about the need to restore teachers' rights, all efforts should be funneled into healing the wounds and sense of loss and normalising public education. Uh, the ministry announced plans to launch a campaign called uh, Schools for All, aimed at restoring teachers' rights and improving uh, public education. Additionally, they will hold weekly meetings with uh, rank-and-file teachers to facilitate better communication. Um, however, there are still some concerns and tensions within the uh, education sector. There were reports of principals calling uh, absent teachers to return to work uh, during that uh, walkout or rejecting the leave requests altogether. Mm. So that creates some friction. Um, teachers who took leave and those who did not are also facing some sort of division among themselves as well. Uh, now, while there is a sense of a small shift towards uh, regaining teaching authority at schools, there are questions about the effectiveness of government measures uh, at the moment as well. So I argue that some significant change uh, in that regard takes time to be realized so we won't be able to see any direct or um uh, immediate changes? Immediate uh, changes, yes. And the government are ruling uh, and opposition parties have vowed to, of course, revise related laws to teachers' rights and authority. So there is some consensus there, even among the rival parties, that these issues need to be addressed quickly. Uh, however, some teachers are concerned that the public's interest in these matters may wane, especially after that one-day rally, uh, potentially leading to delays in the passage of these bills. Now, lawmakers, Unfortunately, they usually tend to speed up movement uh, and work when there is some public attention being paid to certain issues. But of course, if that public attention goes away after some time, uh, then they might uh, put their priorities elsewhere, which is mm. what uh, teachers are being concerned. So we'll have to wait and see. And on to our final keyword of the day. Six-day holiday. So the cabinet has officially designated October 2nd as a temporary holiday, leading to a total sum of six days off. That is from September 28th to October 3rd. Why bother talking about it when it's not extended to you nor I? That's right. We can only, we can only watch with uh, envious eyes at this moment. Uh, and it's a bit of a bellyache reporting on it. But uh, uh, this uh, year's uh, Chusak holiday, it will run from September 28th to October 1st, uh, effectively making the temporary holiday a bridge to October 3rd, which is uh, National Foundation Day. Uh, Prime Minister Handoksu called on companies to make sure that workers can enjoy uh, the temporary holiday. He stressed that providing time to recharge is aimed at boosting domestic consumption. And he also urged each government agency to come up with uh, measures to stimulate uh, consumption and revitalize the local tourism sector. He also addressed the recent rise in consumer prices as well, attributing it to factors such as uh, the increase in global oil prices and damage to crops due to the heat wave and heavy rain. He noted that price uncertainties could continue in September as well due to lingering effects of the weather. Uh, we're still in kind of a heat wave at the moment, mm. uh, as well as increased demand before Chusak and other factors as well. And he also called for next year's budget proposal to be passed smoothly in Parliament, which is a very rare occurrence, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see uh, how uh, much of a difference there is between the rival parties. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, there will be a six-day holiday from September 28th to October 3rd. 
so everyone else enjoy it while we still report on everyday news. <laughs> you know what? News、uh, stops for no one, and someone needs to tell the public、yeah. when you have your days off. So how about that? We'll do that. <laughs> I'm I'm here for you <laughs> at your service. <laughs> at least we're here together, and that's、yeah. not so bad. <laughs> we're powering through it together, certainly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam.、Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a safe day. You too. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.